0: All right. Well, we've never, we've never done this before, so welcome. I feel, like I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm leading a meeting. All right, so let's go around. Everybody tell something about themselves.
1: Have you learned nothing? Oh, good. I thought you wouldn't notice.
0: Um, yeah, yeah. It's exactly like uh, uh, Aaron, when I hung out at your house that time. I've just been playing um, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater and uh, watching The Muppet Show. So...
2: Okay, three, three, three two, two, one, one. clap. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Ben. Cool, none of us are in music, right? This is that's not
0: important. Not <laughs> you don't... A Broken Toys Studio Production.
2: Brooklyn, that's the All
1: Alrighty, here's the thing, here's the thing. Uh, oh, hang on. What are you
2: doing? Quit it! Quit. Is this this is the thing? This is happening.
1: I
0: really hope you're talking no. to your wife right now.
1: No, my cat. <laughs> I, I would not get away with talking to my wife that way. You know her. No, I just want to be. Ima- could you imagine? I just want to be.
0: Call? I just want to be here for the last moments of your marriage.
1: <laughs> So we'll just, uh, none, none, none of this pre-roll is usable, so we'll throw it all away and just say, uh, welcome to General Geekery, specifically. It's a podcast. I'm Ben. I'm, I'm Lou. And joining us today is Hi, Aaron. I'm, I'm Aaron. He's there in! You that's me. See, I'm not sure, like, should I have let you introduce yourself because that's like the established thing, or do I introduce you because you're a special guest?
3: I mean, I'm, I'm good either way. We could do both. That's... <laughs>
1: Oh,
0: but, right, both the introductions. Well, that's like a lot of podcasts. They don't like the person that's that's coming on as the guest. Like, aren't allowed to say anything. They're kept in like a secret locked box for the first like fifteen minutes while everybody's right. like, yeah. "What'd you yeah. do today?" I don't know. What'd you do today? It's like nobody cares. Nobody cares. I'm just gonna no, sit silently in
1: not the not corner. Here. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure, not here. Like, we're gonna make you do the heavy lifting. We're going oh, to well, great. A
0: break. Oh yeah, we've prepared. So so everybody probably knows that you know we've mentioned often that we work in Trello and actually organize this chaos. Organize.
1: And, uh, Strong word.
0: Organize is a strong word, but it does turn into chaos. And I looked at the Trello board that Lou uh, organized today, and it's just like, talk to Aaron. That's just, it's just one,
3: one big book. You saw more of the Trello board than I did, so that's more <laughs> preparation than I
0: have right now. <laughs> it just references you. Uh, so uh, We should include
1: people on that when we bring them in.
0: <laughs> uh, so, uh, real quick, because mainly we'll let uh, Aaron uh, introduce himself, but this is the first time we've had a guest. Uh, come in in this uh, capacity and, uh, and sit in full episode guest for, for Gen Geek. Um, Aaron, I have known uh, all the way back through high school, longtime friends. Uh, he, like Lou and I, all went to uh, UGA at the same time, although our paths didn't all uh, overlap necessarily. Um, but Aaron and mine uh, did. Uh, and after college and during college, well, so you guys were both in the uh, college program as well, right? Because, Lou, I knew you were and Aaron that you were as well, right? I did, mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, so so Aaron's uh, paths with uh, Disney and Star Wars are deep entrenched and deep rooted. So, uh, but instead of me telling people why you're you're great, why don't you tell people why you're great?
3: <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes, the beginning of every good day. Let me tell you how awesome I am. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I you know I have some Star Wars experience. I'm a, I'm what you would call a nerd, um, and Star Wars would probably be the primary outlet of my nerdiness, um, not the soul, but the primary. Um, yeah, so I I I don't remember. You know, a lot of people have all these great stories about the uh, the first time I saw Star Wars, and this you know, I don't have that memory. I don't know when I first saw Star Wars. It just it exists in my life for all time and eternity, which is I think the way it should be.
1: Well, that Um, was my first question.
3: Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I have no no recollection of that, Um, but I have seen, I saw all the prequels when they came out in theaters. Um, I have since seen every Star Wars film in theaters when they released The Force Awakens. Um, AMC did that big, like, come and watch all the movies, Um, and I had... I was like, I've I've not seen all of them on the big screen. Um, So I bought a ticket and was there for 48 hours and watched every single
2: movie. Did you stay Um, away
3: from that amount of time? I may have slept through part of episode two. Um, (laughs) That love story just doesn't hold the attention always. Um, And it was also at like three o'clock in the morning when that that movie was playing. I was a little out of it then.
1: As, long as it's um, the Strikes Back. That's the yeah, I oh don't know.
3: I was wide awake for, for <laughs> the... Um, and then that led right into The Force Awakens, which was a super cool experience that I shared with uh, a very good friend of mine that I was working with. Um, and then my wife came for Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens. <laughs> uh, she was like, I'll watch the last one. How about that? Like, All right, it's fine. All right. So uh, what, what order did they show those in? They They showed those in timeline chronological order. So we did one through six, and then right into seven.
1: Okay. Okay. So, so when your when your wife showed up, she got to see uh, the Force Awakens and um, M- Muppet Forest Moon.
3: Correct. Yep.
1: Yep. <laughs>
3: uh, yeah. And and she's at the point now where I've said the words enough times that now I can say an uh, an episode title, and she's or a, a number, and she's like, "I think I know which title that is." She's pretty good about that. Um, cool. I cannot say that I'm as good with all of nerdy things, but yeah. you know, what's the thing? Um, I, so yeah, so I,
1: I... Which one is it?
3: Yeah. <laughs> um I've seen all the movies, obviously a million times. I've seen the despecialized ones. I have the VHS nice. before they were changed. Um I have the Blu-rays every time they release a new set. Molly unfortunately <laughs> sees it and goes, oh we we got to buy that again, don't we? We got to buy this one more time, huh? Um... Yeah, so I've seen the despecialized. I've seen the you know the 4Ks. The, the If there's a version of the films, I've I put eyes on them um, probably more than once, um, uh, including both the original Holiday Special and the new Lego Holiday Special, which I was very happy with. I and liked it. I thought it, it was- seen yeah. the LEGO, Lego Holiday Special. Yeah, there was a new Lego <laughs> Holiday Special, and I loved it. I and actually I thought,
0: I, I, was, I was not misled, but I thought that they were going to do and I don't know why I would think this because it would be terrible. I thought they were going to take the exact original holiday special <laughs> and just yeah, and just put it, just it into Lego. And I was so was interested to be I like, done. is this is this going to be a second train wreck? What is this going to happen? Really
3: <laughs> <laughs> There's a terrible dance scene and the whole not the Stormtroopers come out. It's, it's yeah. great. I feel like in Lego form that would actually work though. It might it might land. <laughs> yeah, you like you like yeah. It's like I'll give it to them. Sure. Um, I I collect many things. I I. I have multiple lightsabers, I have a a little stormtrooper statue of me. Um I've built my own stormtrooper armor. Um, nice. are, uh, I, are you yeah, going to submit to the five of first? I will. Um there's some there's some shoring up of some things I need to do. This has been a multi-year project. Um but it, yeah, so I I plan to submit and it's you know, it's a clean straight white stormtrooper. So I'm I'm that kind of nerd. Um, I have invested many dollars and many hours. Um, and I've had uh, the, the, the very unique opportunity to, to work with uh, a few people in the Star Wars universe. Um, I was able to, to meet and work with Ben Burtt and Matthew Wood, um, who are the original... Well, Ben Burtt's the original sound designer for, for Star Wars, and then Matthew Wood did the prequels um, and the voice of General Grievous. Um I've worked with a couple actors. I had an opportunity to uh, work is is a stronger word than I would use, but inter have an interaction with Mark Hamill um at a, a celebration conference, um totally off the cuff. He was a super chill guy. Um was real happy to answer questions, just kinda hang out um because I was working at the convention. Um I've been to Star Wars Celebration multiple times. Um, yeah, so I'm 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 pretty dyed in the wool. Star Wars
0: nerd, I'm, and, I'm in it, and uh, and not just emotionally and mentally, but physically too, right? Because because uh, you're coming to us directly from the core of all things uh, Disney and Star
3: Wars, right? Correct. Yes. So, yeah. So I, I have I have been to ba- to Batuu. I have That's seen nice. the edge of the galaxy. I am familiar with the black spires in the outpost. Uh, you know, I, I, I have seen the things.
1: I've tasted the food. I've eaten the drinks. Uh, you know, I do mean, I, things. you mentioned I, the lightsabers earlier. Uh, I, yes, did you build a lightsaber?
3: I did build a lightsaber. I built a lightsaber almost as soon as they would let me. I was one of the suckers <laughs> that jumped in as soon as I could. Um, and I, you know, I, I went into it, uh, fully understanding what I was, you know, I was like, Look, I get it. This is ridiculous. It's like 200 bucks. This is a sure. lot of money. Um, and as a as a grown man, I really struggled because I was like 200 bucks. I don't know about that. Um, but, at, you know, at the end of the day, I was like, yeah, I, I've wanted to do this. Yeah, I've wanted my own lightsaber for so long. I, I just got to get this out of the way. If I don't do it now, I'm going to do it one day. It's going to happen. I might as well just go do it. Um, and they I went and did that. Looking. What's that?
1: They are incredible looking lightsabers.
3: They are amazing. And the experience is phenomenal. Um my wife came with me cause you're allowed to bring a guest. Uh, and she, when we finished and left, she was like, that was super cool. Um, she's like, she's, she likes the films, but I wouldn't call her a fan of them. Um, okay. yeah. And she was like, that was be really cool. That was, that was worth the money. Um, that was totally worth it. So I, you know, we can get into details about that whenever, but I, I if you're if you're a real Star Wars fan, and I'm not trying to gatekeep on what that means, but like if you consider yourself a real Star Wars fan and you have the money, it, the experience is worth it, in my opinion.
0: A hundred percent. Well, I mean, as well as we'll, we'll, as we'll
1: circle back around to that for sure. Exactly. But,
0: but yeah, I mean, we're the kind of people that like growing up. I'm I'm sure we all were the ones to like get sticks and like like make your own like right. lightsaber out of like a yeah. stick and mud and oh. like cart like whittling wood to make a, a lightsaber. So when you take a kid that <laughs> remember, did that you take a kid that did that, and they're like, you're an adult and can spend your money however you want. And you're like, I want that toy.
1: Yeah. Remember when they had the cardboard tubes, like, from wrapping paper or something? Yes, wrapping paper tubes. Yep. The number of hands I've cut off with
2: those. I'm
3: (laughs) telling you, man. It's impossible. Um,
0: uh, So uh, let's kind of, so we were talking last time about, um, pardon me, Uh, we were talking before about uh mandalorian season two because obviously there's a ton of star wars stuff out there we could talk about the movies we could talk about the tv shows everything else but the most account- uh, the thing that's got the attention of all star wars fans and somehow has actually seemed to get most star wars fans on the same page which is a sisyphean task is mando especially season two so people kind of already know how lou and i feel about it that you know uh, absolutely love it um aaron what, a, what what was your take on on mando season two
1: yeah, the, You're i has a blanket on it, right? No, yeah. right. <laughs> uh, Are you the one to send garbage?
3: <laughs> How could they waste my time? <laughs> uh, no. um, you know, I I I really enjoyed season one. I thought season one did a great job of of establishing things. You know, a lot of times in in film and TV, that that first season is tough, right? It's like yeah. we got to establish characters and time and environment and all this nonsense. Um, and I felt like they did a really strong job of setting up what. Was, what the story was and where we existed without it dragging. Um, so I came into Season 2 with, I wouldn't say high hopes, um, but feeling pretty confident. I was like, if they just keep doing what they're doing, we'll be great. Um, early on in Season 2, I got a little concerned mm-hmm. because I felt like the series was playing as fanfic. Um, okay, really yeah. Really good fanfic. <laughs> well-written <laughs> fanfic. But I, I hit a point where I was like, I feel like we're throwing everything that a fan could want into this show just to make the fans happy. And that worried me a little bit. And, and, and to be honest, I, I, that, has all, that worries me about everything after the original movies in the Star Wars universe. I feel like in the prequels, in the sequels, in the TV shows, I feel like there's always this expectation that it has to connect. We have to so and so has to cross paths with this other very important person, so that we can all sit in our chair and go, Oh, that's the thing. I know the thing." Right?
0: It does. It does. It does set a, a standard that's kind of hard to meet because you're exactly right. I've never really thought about it in that that context, but people aren't really watching to like. It's not like getting on a roller coaster and be like, "I'm just going to ride this roller coaster and just wherever it takes me is where it takes me." The people, to your point, kind of look and they're looking for the Easter eggs and they're looking for the like. Oh, I know this thing from that thing I liked when I was a kid. As opposed to being like, there's a new thing that you might like as much as you like those things as a kid.
1: Right. Um, and for me, two uh, the- Bby Darth Vader was starting the plans for right. the Death Uh He was already in the <laughs> indoor system, and he couldn't have been wherever you guys put him in that show. Right, <laughs> and like that's that's always like, and and to me, I. I
3: love the just the universe that Star Wars exists in. You know, like I've been playing the video games forever and you know, every time a new game comes out, people are like, oh, or do I get to be a Jedi or not? I'm like, look, just can we just for a second, just just you can live in the universe and not worry about what Luke is doing or where Darth Mm -hmm. Vader is? Like, can we just there it's a whole universe. The number of people in the on this planet I've crossed paths with versus the universe? Come on. Um but yeah. you know, but at the same time, I get it. You know, like I I understand that you wanna you wanna have a little fan service. Um, so I, I was a little concerned about halfway through the season that I thought we were doing, it, it, the show was doing too much too fast.
0: What what aspects uh, like what what raised red flags for you specifically?
3: I, you know, I wouldn't even say red flags. I would just say there was there was some yellow caution going up, and I was like, oh, I don't know what this. Um, at the very be you know, I mean Boba Fett armor at the you know, starting at the beginning, yeah, I was like, Come yeah. on, really, we're gonna we're gonna do this. Um, but it, it was weird because I was at that dichotomy where as a fan, I was also like, Yeah, Tomorrow Morrison, he's gonna do the thing. You know, like so it it was a struggle for me because I felt both sides of that. I was like, Okay, that's cool. Can that be it? Like like that makes sense. He's Mandalorian, so yeah, okay, okay, that's I I can I'm okay with that. But you know, it was like, oh, and now here's oh, it's Bocatan, and I was like, really? But like, most people don't know who that is, like unless you're uh, watching everything that Star Wars creates, like me. Right. katan is a character that you're like, ah, oh, here's some lady. I'll go for that lady, you know. Um, but through the whole series, as as concerned as I was that it was too much, too fast, and as big as some of those moments were I felt good about everything I feel like everything did enough of what it needed to do and it was like it, they felt like like cameos the story never became about anybody else it was here's Ahsoka for one second and now she's out and I was like right. okay that was cool it was cool to see her and now she's gone and the focus isn't her and we're never gonna see her again and I'm okay with that um so at the end, I was very happy with what they decided to do. I was I, I really enjoyed the series. Um, I mean, obviously the season finale was phenomenal, and I did everything I could every week to avoid as many spoilers as possible. Um, and I <laughs> that Friday I saw one thing in another place that I <laughs> that is usually safe. And it was, I don't know if you guys saw it, but Mark Hamill put out a tweet on that Friday that was just seen any good TV lately. And that was all he put. Uh, And I was like, and I was doing something else, and I happened across that tweet, not even on Twitter, because I avoided Twitter that day, but it was like linked somewhere else. And people were like, I can't believe it. It's so amazing. And I was like, that's such (laughs) a weird statement. Why are people, oh man, like I was so bummed. I was like, all right, now I can't look at anything else because obviously Mark Hamill did something for the show. And I was like, right.
0: So uh, I think I know the answer to this, but specifically for The Rescue, um, did you feel like it was on the heels of that? Did you think it was too much fan service? Or were you happy despite it was too much fan service? Or do you think it was just enough of like, we got to see him be badass and he's in and he's out and he's gone. Like, where did you kind of land on that? I
3: I think I think it was I think it was it was it was enough. Um I don't feel like it was too much. I I feel like like the mo- like the rest of the series I feel like it skated that edge. I think right. we were right on that edge. Um but it was done very well. Um I think it was good that we don't get kind of the younger Luke that kind of, that that's a little too talky. Like I like that right. he's stayed silent through the majority of that episode. Um and 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 you guys touched on this before. I think it's great that we get to see the Luke Skywalker we all imagined existed. Right? Like we never really we got to see elements of that. You know, the the barge scene with him jumping around and doing, you know, it's like, oh that was kind of cool. And like it, we saw elements of parts of that. Um, but he was always one still so Fresh, I won't even say untrained, but untested um, that that when when those tests were put in front of him, he had to kind of struggle through that a little bit to find his footing and I feel like a, you know based off the time frame where we're at, he would be a much more confident, better tested individual um, i I thought it was well done uh, if I start getting into like nitty gritty pieces, my brain will probably pick some things apart that I don't fully agree with, and I'll you know push my glasses back up. And yeah. well, now technically, I don't think that the Jedi have control over the droids. I'm not you know, but um, I thought I thought it was well done, and I liked it. Like I said, that he was kind of in and quiet. He did his thing. He's gone, um, and I am hopeful, like the rest of this season, that that's the end of luke that we see um as as the story continues wherever that i I know people want closure with grogu i'm kind of in the other camp where i'm okay with things going the other direction you know like let's continue with mando let's see what else his life has now that you know this planet's different and he's got these allies and this and this and you know the dark saber and i i'm okay with being like grogu was great he's in a he's in a temple somewhere and you don't get to know what that's like like he's in a temple somewhere that's that's a different story for somebody else's book or comic book like let that go that's my opinion
1: right Um, and uh i'm I'm on board with that it's one of the to me one of the powerful powerful things about the mandalorian series is this is not a jedi this is not sith yeah yeah it's not even um it fits in the timeline and obviously we had overlap But it's not even part of the Skywalker saga, really, or at least not the told part. Like, we've delivered Grogu, and clearly we're seeing, you know, we're starting the temple again, and we're going to lead into The Force Awakens, but Grogu didn't play a visible part in The Force Awakens that we know of, so there's some other story there, and this is kind of, there really are no other active Jedi. We basically saw everybody who's still around in The Mandalorian, so there's only one place for Grogu to go, he's gone we can go back to the Mandalorian and see someone who's, who's not a Jedi who may be therefore sensitive because it can express itself in many ways. Sure. Yeah. Um, You know, Han believes in his blaster, but yeah, seeing some of these other lenses I think is great. And I, I think you really kind of drove that one home. You know, Ben and I have been dancing around that idea for the past few episodes, but it doesn't have to be about that. We've, we've done the thing we've delivered it. Now it moves on. And yeah, you know, baby, baby Yoda is cute, Grogu's awesome, but let someone else write that story. And honestly, I I might wait the first few episodes or the first book or two before, you know, wait for someone to tell me it's good before I jump into it, because I'm kind of, kind of yeah. run out on Jedi.
3: Yeah, yeah, and, and I think that's fair. You know, I think for, without going it down this rabbit hole, for, for as much disdain as episode eight got from so many people, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it because I feel like it took a lot of the expectations and flipped them.
1: Um, I wish it was a, a whole separate, I wish it was out of the Skywalker saga, because <laughs> I think that was the biggest problem is reconciling it with everything that had happened. Yeah. But I, 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 as a standalone film, I really, Ben and I have talked about this and probably disagree a bit, but I really enjoyed it as a standalone film but yeah. it, just, it was I, so dissonant in the series. I do yeah. agree, I agree with both of those points.
0: I, I do like it. It's much the same way that I, I really like Superman, but I don't like Man of Steel. Like Man of Steel is, as we've said several times here, Man of Steel is a really good movie. It's not a good right. Superman movie, but it's a really, right. really good movie. Um, likewise, you know, Last Jedi is, that's a really cool movie. I don't think it fits in with the tone and the direction that everything else is going, but then again, yeah. you've got three movies that apparently have no direction. They all start right. in a direction and then kind of canter off to a, a different direction. Um, but Aaron, to your point of, you know, Grogu maybe being gone and just never coming back uh, or th- with the brevity that we see with, uh, with Luke, um, there was a, the me of probably two years ago would be so upset that we get to see Luke and then we get him for just this little amount and then conceivably just gone. Um, right. But it kind of scratched an itch for me of like, I, we all wanted to see, and especially with Last Jedi, we all wanted to see Luke in full form. Uh-huh. And he, Just seeing him you know, flying in his X-wing and being in full form and then piecing out, just scratch that itch just enough that I'm like, I'm yeah. okay now. I'm okay now.
3: Well, and I feel like it, and obviously I, I have no idea what, what the plans are at, at Lucas headquarters or Disney headquarters. But sure. I think, I mean, if you think back when Disney acquired Star Wars, there were so many books and so many comics and so many things that were canon that are now pushed up into the legends category and we're seeing a lot of those elements come back now with you know thrawn and all these other things uh, and i think where where mandalorian season 2 has ended allows a great jumping off point for a lot of things that have happened through season 2 so that Disney or Lucas or whoever can go back and say, all right, so the Mandalorian went to Tatooine and he got Boba Fett's armor. What happened to the sheriff after he left? There's a whole series of books or comic books ready to go right there. Luke came and got Grogu and then he left. There's a whole series of books and comic books right. You know, like all of these books that all of us nerds bought and read, because there was no Star Wars outside of those books. Yeah. Now there's that opportunity to build that. universe back up again um and for as angry as, as everybody was and i fully admit that i was one of them i was optimistic but cautiously so but upset that there's years of knowledge in my brain about things that aren't real that now really aren't
1: real like come on right. man yeah. what's, <laughs> well, what's the over under on you know chewbacca getting crushed by a moon again
3: yeah like <laughs> that was a cool fact I, I knew things that didn't happen but now you're telling me didn't happen in the place they didn't have. like, come on, you're <laughs> right. but I think I think now disney and and Lucas are at that point where they're like, we're ready to start rebuilding some of that universe and pulling obviously not everything, but elements of that are going to come back again. Um, we've already seen some of those things come back in in rebels. We've seen some of that in the more recent Clone War seasons. Um I think we will continue to see more of that universe building as the new movies, the new series, n- new books, all that stuff keeps coming.
0: Right. And that's yeah. unique to, to star Wars. I think beyond any other IP is it's not that you're basing new products or new uh, movies and TV just off of three movies. And that's all the characters and all the world building that you have to deal with. You know, all of the people that have read and written all of these star Wars books and, and fanfics and comics and all of that, have created this entire backlog that anybody that comes on board and is like, well, I wonder if people will like this. Well, you've already kind of done your your test subjects. People have already kind of given you that feedback back that they're gonna gonna like that stuff. So that being said, as far as stuff going forward, um, what's your opinion on everything that's happening right now, uh, Aaron? With uh, you know the the book series, you know the the uh, the possibility of some movies coming out, uh, the ones that have been canned, the ones that have been switched over to Disney Plus. What's your your take on <laughs> I, that's a broad question. Uh, a
2: broad, what's your take okay, on everything?
3: Okay. Yeah. Well, so how do you feel about the future of everything? <laughs> yeah, you got two uh, minutes. I, <laughs> um, it's a glorious three-hour tribute to all <laughs> the stars. <influencers. laughs> um, <you know>, Thanks, <laughs> Sam. I think I think I think the universe is set up for a good future, and I think we're going to start to see. Um. Uh, I don't know how to explain. I think we're going to start to see some tangents happening within the Star Wars universe that I'm excited for. And, and the reason for that is there's so much that happens in the universe that isn't for everyone, right? Like, as a Star Wars fan, there are certain things that I'm interested in, um, those things being Star Wars. But there are things in the Star Wars universe that you're going to tell stories about that I'm going to be like, eh. Um, I'm excited for the High Republic and whatever that brings. Mm-hmm. Is that a series that I'm going to go and read? I don't know about that. Like, that's not, in my brain, that's not a a time frame or a setup that I care about Current. Now, a lot of that may be because I have no basis in that. Um, I mean, the the closest thing I can get is like, you know, Knights of the Old Republic, which is a phenomenal game series. But that's not even what, like, these books, if I understand the timeline correctly, is before even that, right? So, um, I don't have a basis. I'm not passionate like they announced it, and I was like, "That's cool." That's it. Um, I, I'm really more excited about uh seeing some of those developing stories, like the 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 Rogue Squadron film. Is it a film, TV series, um, that they're working on? I think you know, I I love to see a good dogfight. You know, let's let's see these hotshot pilots. You know, I like to think of like a, like a, a young Han or a Poe, but a squad of these guys um, going out there and, and doing their own thing. Um, I'm excited about the the Bad Batch series, um, but I'm a sucker for the Clone Wars. Um, I, I don't know that. I don't know that I see Bad Batch getting a lot of seasons. To me, that seems like a one or two season spinoff um just to kind of cover some stories but they do such weird stuff i think they can get into some weird niches of things that will set up you know i think i think we're gonna see more connection
1: i i would i would love to see more <clears throat> excuse me i would love to see more shorter run stuff i would love to see more i would i would if i have 10 seasons of tv i would rather have like five two season sets of yeah. different shots vignettes through the universe different takes than. Two five season ones or one big ten season epic. Like don't Agreed. give me that same story for ten seasons. Let's let's change yeah. it up.
3: Yeah, I think I think that's the way to go.
0: And your your trepidation towards uh, the High Republic, I kind of share that that same sentiment. And I have to wonder if if some of it is because of how much information we have about things as far as how things are getting made, and then they start a project and they move to something else, or kind of like with Solo being taken over by Ron Howard and all that. I wonder if we have too much of a peek behind the curtain because you know a lot of the High Republic stuff I believe came in answer to the fact that solo didn't do so well. And so all of a sudden DB Weiss and David Benny are not getting three movies and uh, Taika Waititi's not getting three <laughs> movies and all that. Um, and it just kind of becomes like, because then they shifted it to well, we're going to do books and comics and, and all these different multimedias. But I always, I kind of read it as, well, these things are cheaper for us to do. So right. this will be cheaper and we'll yeah. still get content no, out there.
1: No, that's, that's, uh, I'm okay with that. I, I don't, I yeah. for Aaron, but I'm kind of okay with that. Like, fine. Give me more then. Yeah, and I'm okay with the idea too
3: because I think it's important. Like, obviously, your 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 big blockbuster movies is where the money is. Or really, really, the merchandise is where the money is. But the merchandise comes yeah. from your movies and your TV shows. But those yeah. also cost so much to produce versus a book or a comic book series. Um, and and I think, and I know you guys have talked about this a little bit in the past. The unfortunate thing, Rogue One, I felt like was was great, was a great film. I didn't care for the story, but that was, I think, largely because as a Star Wars fan, I knew that story, right? Like, going, I'm going into a movie knowing what happens already. What I liked about it was the character development, and more importantly to me, was the grittiness that Rogue One really covered. Um, You know, Star Wars, as the name suggests, is a series of wars that happen but because of how they were made and because they were marketed towards families, they're not very graphic, right? Like, for right. a war, it's kind of a clean war. Like, someone gets shot, they fall over. That's it. Like, there's no gore. There's no blood. There's... And Rogue One, I felt like, was obviously not this far in. But I felt like Rogue One was, like, a, 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 towards a band of brothers, Saving Private Ryan kind of direction. Like, it, it Rogue One is a war movie. Um, right. Some cleaner parts in between as we set up stuff, and that's, that was something that I was like, "We've not seen this in Star Wars before." I want more of it. I want to see a gritty Star Wars film, um, and and Solo I think was gritty in a different way. Like it was it was a little darker. It covered some darker concepts,
2: mm-hmm.
3: um, and I felt like Star War, or I felt like Solo was one of the better Star Wars films to come out in recent years. But it lost, unfortunately, because the fans were so angry about what had happened in the quote-unquote real Star Wars movies right. that they up and boycotted Solo. And then it, in sort of an after effect, we're like, wow, Solo actually a really good movie. Yeah, it was, and you screwed it. But as much as I was upset when that happened, because I was like, it's because of you we're losing all of these projects. We had all these great projects, and we're losing them. And now, in hindsight, I think that was the best thing that could happen, because I think now Disney and Lucas are being way more cautious with what they're doing. Mm. I think they're being more deliberate about their choices, and I think we will get better content across the board for that, whereas before, I think it was we can crank out one of these movies a year, we're going to make bang, and we weren't really being picky about what that story was, or who was going to tell it, or how it was going to get told, or how much money we were going to spend. And now it, no, we're not spending money on this unless we need to, unless we have to, and unless it's worth it. And I think we're, with the Mandalorian at least, we're seeing that that's paid off.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, um, we generally try not to dive too deep into this, but living in a post-pandemic world, um, we're also living in a post-Mandalorian world where we now have these sets that are completely digital yeah um, we can go anywhere anytime real quickly deliver it bring it straight to also this is now post disney plus launch world which we didn't have 5 years ago huh? we have a direct stream to our big fans and disney plus is not just that that pipe it's also a platform we want you know to basically rival netflix and we being disney you know yes. this has to go to everyone it has to appeal to everyone so we're going to be dragging people in uh, the distribution mechanism is a bit different. Instead of sending them to the theaters, or in addition to, but right. this is now uh, something that Disney controls that pipeline. They can keep their costs down. They can digitally generate backgrounds anywhere. No more set, you know, or limited set building. Which, you know, okay, maybe you like practical effects, and maybe there's some lost art there. But you can you can take these things. You can be more considerate, and you can spread out a bit. You're not looking for. Um, if you haven't a big blockbuster, you have to have a big name. I don't think it's any coincidence that, you know, Solo was its own movie. Um, we need we need big names to attach to things. They were talking about, you know, 10, 11, and 12, because everyone knows the Star Wars, the, the Skywalker saga. We, you know, we don't, I think you're right. You know, we've proven we don't need that anymore. And this kind of, in a way, um, there's a future we didn't see, but in a way, there's a lot we're going to get out of this that I think will, We'll pay off for the broader universe.
0: Yeah. I love love the idea, Aaron. I love the idea that you kind of see it as a silver lining of like, well, maybe we're getting something better out of it than than what we were expecting. Because you look back and like for so long, we were always like, oh, well, we have these three movies, but there's a prequel uh, series coming out. Cool. Prequel series came out. I was like, well, but we need the, we need the three sequels to like round out the story because even though Lucas was like, I made one and then I'm Lucas like, I need 12 um and then eventually landed like i guess everybody just kind of landed on the nine it's like no it was a nine story arc the whole time um yeah but i think the dangerous line that they walked and and apparently didn't really weren't able to walk that tightrope tightrope is with solo and rogue those are at least in my opinion those are like eu books so so people but people that are just now getting into star wars and they're like oh i saw seven eight nine or i saw seven and they're like, oh, I'm in the Star Wars universe now. And they're like, oh, they're putting out another Star Wars movie. And Disney and the moviegoer, I think, were both like, oh, this is going to be as big of a spectacular and, and all the money that those other movies made. And it's like, and maybe I set the bar too low and just step over it. But I expected those two movies to be EU just icing on the cake. And, right. But you're right, though. I mean, I think Solo, I, I think it was Solo was $193 million budget some, somewhere along there. And they made like 318. So the movie didn't lose money. I mean, we're not talking about... Yeah. We're not talking Percy Jackson here. The movie made money, but Disney goes, yeah, but this made whatever, a hundred some odd million dollars. And the other movies made an order of magnitude more, made billions. Right. So, yeah. so Disney's like, that's not worth our time. So, you know, it's that right. dangerous line they walk. And I think people had the wrong expectations going into the movies.
1: Yeah.
3: Well, and I think, I think we're already seeing how disney is playing that project a little bit in that you know we we've disney has announced the the rogue squadron film and we've already said oh patty jenkins is doing that
2: right like right. Yeah. It, yeah
3: there's there's a big director that you like and she's gonna do this thing you you, you guys are like her you'll be good you're know, like we're already starting to put that stuff in there and and while we don't know what the project is we're already saying oh, Michael Watiti's going to do a movie. You guys like that guy, right? He's going to make a movie. It'll be it's the guy you like doing things that you like. And, you but know, I like you that know.
1: emphasis, right? Uh, uh, yeah. So and I, like, oh, I it, here's I, here's a Luke. We're going to parade him around again. No, yeah, I, no. Here's a, a real person you like doing mm-hmm. a project mm-hmm. of your fictional. Well, and we're you know, I, so I
3: think we're seeing some of those elements already that that, that Disney and Lucas are being cautious about. What information they release and how they're going to do. You know, we're going to do an Obi One movie that everybody wants to do, and we're going to use you and McGregor, which everybody really like. Here's two things you like together again, like you wanted that, You know, um, but you know, I I also think it's interesting that there's there's a lot of stuff that we that that Disney has announced that we don't know. You know what that means? Uh, you know, obviously, there's there's a new Ahsoka show, whatever that's going to be. Um, Rangers of the New Republic it's a live action series okay what what are they doing we don't i mean like uh oh, i don't know if that's about yeah. um the you know lando tv series cool he's, he's a fun guy all right what where does this take place when does this happen i don't know right. um the new uh andor show on disney plus i think that'll be interesting i i'm expecting that to be much darker based off the little bit we learn about him in Rogue one, like he's not an upstand. you know, we, no, we not think at all. <laughs> of like, you know, the empire, bad guys, dark, evil, the rebellion, good guys helping. I think this is going to really get into that good versus evil thing a little bit. Like, like, are you good when you're going to such bad lengths to get good stuff out of it? Um, I, I, I
1: like Star Wars tackle that at some point in a in yeah. a good way. Like, they have not managed to really hit that. Yeah, uh, Cantu Bite can do jump in a leak. <laughs> well, and
3: what's interesting is that you know at, at the beginning of Rogue One, when we meet Andor and he meets his contact and then kills him. Spoiler alert! Um, kills him and then escapes. We're like, that was a super evil move. Like he straight up murdered that guy. And then we never come back to it again. We're just like, oh, he's got a troubled history, that guy.
1: right? Um, so I like,
3: like that we're going right? to... This, yeah.
1: this is Star Wars. These are war movies. And there's... Yeah. It, they, there's it's never so clear-cut good and evil. So, so having some of that gray morality will be interesting.
3: I'm hoping to see a little darkness there. Um, the new show they've announced, The Acolyte, which... I don't know. Well, I think the sounds thing like that sounds like a bad guy. I,
0: yeah. I think the thing that ties a lot of this together is, and I guess where my my apprehension is coming, uh, much like you at the High Republic, and then hearing all these TV shows, is I I have to wonder if they're going to have a consistent feel, and that's the one thing that, like, yeah. the as much as you know, we we give uh, Lucas a bunch of shit uh, for how much he's trying to update things, at least he had a fairly clear idea of what he wanted to tell. You know, four, five, six is consistently, that is that story, movie to movie. If you take somebody that doesn't really know the movies and just drop them in the middle of any one of those, they're like, well, this is the original trilogy, but I have no idea what it is. Right. Same with 1, 2, and 3. It's like, those are, like them or not, it's very thematically the same throughout the whole thing. And then you've got 7, 8, 9, and nothing against Kathleen Kennedy, but you know, I think she probably does a good job from a like a CEO perspective, but from a corrective uh, creative director uh, aspect of things, seven eight nine seemed like it was all reactionary. And I think what you see with you know, Favreau and Filoni, particularly Filoni, is he seems to have a very clear idea of no, this is the story I want to tell. Like, and to your yeah. point of bringing in characters before for cameos, it's like we'll bring those characters in, but here's the story that we're going to tell. Um, and I think, I think a lot of Star Wars people, at least me, uh, I. I just want a consistent direction. Don't be reactionary to what we want. Cause we're all fickle star Wars fans rise oh, yeah. up, rise above what we want and make something even better than we want. And that seems to be what, what Mando has, has given us.
2: Yeah.
3: Well, well, and I think when, when I talk to people about my opinions mm-hmm. of, of all nine movies, the Skywalker saga, it, essentially the way I look at it is it. The original trilogy You have three individual good films and one good story throughout. Mm -hmm. The prequels to me are one good story throughout three mediocre films. Like, Mm -hmm. one, two, and three aren't great individual stories. But as as a series, they work very well. Seven, eight, nine, I feel are the opposite. Each of them individually is a good movie. Right, but they do not tell a connected story, and I think that's that's where they really faltered. And I agree with you, Ben. I don't, I'm not part of the corporate structure. I don't know if that is directly Kathleen Kennedy's fault. I mean, she's at the top, so ultimately it is her fault because she's at the top. But but that fell through the cracks with her and multiple other people, um, and I feel like that's really the the big complaint that you hear from from fans the most, even if they can't articulate that, is that. It felt reactionary. It felt disjointed. The pieces don't go together. It didn't tell one uniform story because there wasn't one person telling that story. You had multiple people and, and you know, George Lucas for all of whatever you want to think about him through his sure. life, he he had a uniform, uniform story and he brought people in and explained that story to them. Maybe not in all of the details, but right. how your piece connects to the greater puzzle, um, and that did feel like that was missing in the sequel. Um, yeah. So it's nice to see, like a Dave Filoni, who we have seen through all of the Clone War seasons. He's got a vision here. Whether yeah. or not someone will give him the money and the time to get right. to wherever that vision is is different. I don't. You know, maybe he needs somebody on time management with him to help him get through some of that. But you know. <laughs> sure um i feel like i feel like the universe it if we if we you know with it with and they don't have to be these people but with a, a dave feloni or a kevin feige or something mm-hmm. there is a structure and there is an arc and it's this is what we're going to do throughout and the mandalorian i think was a great example of that because every episode was directed by somebody different we we you know yeah. there's a different feel there's a different style every single episode but all of them made sense together it uh, seems
0: to tie in heavily think, to the Feige is exactly who I was just thinking of because it ties in exactly with the Marvel movies of we'll have different people direct each of them and they'll have kind of a different feel to it but here's the story that we're going to tell and here's your lane to stay in and right. uh, and and not to put too fine a point on it but Ryan Johnson stated no lanes. Um,
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, well I think that's the thing I don't think he was told to stay in a lane. I think I th- now, it, I think he he definitely veered Way more than he probably should have, um, but I think it was okay. Well, you've seen what we've done, right? You're up, buddy. What do you want to make? A- you know, like if 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 you play that, uh, there was a game we used to play in like improv class and drama growing up, where like everybody takes turns telling the next sentence of the story. Oh, huh, yeah. You know, like but the guy down at the end, if he's already got an idea in his brain, who cares what everyone's in front of him? I think that's what right. happened. I think you know and i think the same i you know i don't want to blame ryan johnson he's a great filmmaker he's sure. a great storyteller and like i said i really like episode 8 for different reasons um, but i think it's the same if you had given any fan any star wars fan the keys to the star wars kingdom and said you get to make the next movie all of us would have made a crap movie because we yeah. didn't know where we were going and, right. and we would have been all over the place and that's what happened
1: yeah, I mean, I, you know, I look at uh, before we even went into before we went even went in to see it, that's um, what I told Ben was my biggest fear was I didn't think I love I love Brian Johnson's work. Yeah, love love Brian Johnson's work. But I, I was really concerned about how he would fit into a narrative story that wasn't his story from start to finish as like, I don't think he's I don't think he's, uh, you know, the middle. I don't think he's the middle uh, right storyteller here. Like, I just don't think that he can fit in there. And whether it's lack of direction or he going off on his own thing or a combination of both. I don't know, but that, that leads me to think, you know, Disney's multi-channel. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously we have the movies, we have the TV shows. We're delivering our own stuff on Disney plus we have, we're going to go back to books and comic books, which awesome. I'm really excited about that. Yeah. I know only nerds read comic books, but every family has Disney plus,
2: but here we are doing
1: that. Right. <laughs> um, but I, you know, Speaking about picking directions and making very expensive mistakes if you don't pick the right direction, um, I, I have been to Galaxy's Edge and this is a whole new channel to the Star Wars universe. I think what we have in parallel is like the only other thing that's gotten that kind of level of real world immersive experience is Harry Potter, right? Um, you know, you had like the Jaws ride, but it was a ride and you had Amity mm. Little Town, yeah, but, you know, we're, we're now going full on into. A whole unexplored part of Star Wars, and y- you know, it would be really expensive to rebuild that. <sighs> yeah, <laughs>
3: really. Oh. Well, but but at the end of the day, I mean, I, I think it. You know, when when Disney when Disney bought Star Wars, right? It was the joke everyone made, right? Like, oh, I'm gonna yeah. mock up my own Star Wars land. Disney's gonna build a Star Wars land. Well, yeah, it makes the most sense because since since episode four came out, what has every Star Wars fan ever wanted, but to be in the universe, right? Mm-hmm. Like, just like we were talking about, we all went outside and picked up sticks that were blasters and made our own lightsabers and made stupid Halloween costumes before marketing <laughs> was like, oh, crap, we should really, you know, like, everybody knows somebody. I mean, I'm, I'm going to date myself a little bit here, but everybody knows somebody, if you're old enough who like took a colander from the kitchen and made themselves R2D2 with a trash bag and a colander on their head. Right. Like right. <laughs> that's just how and we were all doing that kind of crap. So it makes sense to be like, well, if we can make it nice, we can sell whatever we want. And that's, I mean, in Disney, if they've got nothing figured out, they got that figured out.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah. They, they have done an incredible job. You know, it's, I was a bit worried because they've been, they've been, falling behind in the 2000s and even early 2010s and in their execution on park things and uh the wizarding world of harry potter is really good and i was i didn't want it to look bad in comparison but holy cow they went all out and it is Uh, jaw-dropping as you said earlier you know not you know not gatekeeping but if you're a person who considers yourself a star wars fan whether or not you like you know, Disney world or the concept of Disney and you think it's all theme parks. You know what? Yeah. You know what? There is, um, there, there, there is fantasy land, you know, that, that does exist, but go to either park and go see, um, go see what they've done because it's, it's amazing. And they're identical in both parks, right? Uh, they are. Yes. Yeah. I mean, more or less this Mostly,
3: is like, yeah but it, yeah anything you can find in one park you can find in the other yeah
1: so Aaron, yeah.
0: For, for those that aren't terribly familiar with with exactly what uh black spire outposts galaxy's edge and and all of that is uh why don't you give people like kind of a thirty thousand foot overview of what is that experience and what what do people find uh at galaxy's edge
3: sure so the so galaxy's edge is the official disney company name of the star wars land um it is it is quote unquote the outsider's discussion of what is, where are we going? We're going to Galaxy's Edge. That's Star Wars land. When you get into Galaxy's Edge, um, you are at the Black Spire Outpost. That is the name of the town that you are visiting. Um, And the town exists on a planet that, hitherto the building of the land, didn't exist in the Star Wars universe as far as we knew it. Um, So the town of Black Spire Outpost exists on the planet Batuu. Um, since building and opening the land, there have been books and comic books about or that have referenced Batu um, right. either the planet. There's a couple references directly to Black Spire Outpost, but there's also references to other places on Batuu, and characters will like throw it out there um, to help integrate it more fully into the rest of the Star Wars universe. Um so it's 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 an outpost. It's an outpost on a on a planet. Um, it is a forested outpost I would say, but there is wide open, rocky craggy area um, right. it is called Black Spire Outpost because there are giant black monoliths that kind of come up out of the ground throughout town um, with one very prominent obelisk in the middle of the market um, and the, the locals all have a different folk story on why that spire exists how it got there, whatever um and and all of these things are referenced very heavily in a there's a there's a book um directly about Black Spire Outpost which if you are a giant Star Wars nerd and you're going to go to Galaxy's Edge it's not the best written Star Wars book i will say that right up front i don't want to pull any punches it's not the best written book um but if you're a Star Wars fan read the book before you go to Galaxy's Edge because when you go to Galaxy's Edge it it's sort of like there's all these fun little secrets now that you know. You'll see something and be like, "Oh, that's the place where this happened," and "Oh, this is where the thing." You know, like, it, as a nerd, it's just a fun thing to be like, "Oh, cool! I know all this extra stuff." Um, right. But but as you could expect, I mean, Disney has gone all out. I mean, there are there are full size spaceships um, in various places. There are old, worn down stores that have been there for air er- forever. There are brand new stores that have just been built with like you know, super nice duraplast and all sorts of alloys and whatever. Um, and you will, you know, you encounter a variety of citizens um, that, that live and work there. Um, one of the unique things that Disney did with Black Spire Outpost um, is that unlike, like, if you go to Adventureland at the Magic Kingdom, and you go up to, you know, a skipper at the Jungle Cruise, who is in the jungle, we, right. You know, they a boat and you ask them about Space Mountain, they know about Space Mountain. Right. Like, it's like, oh, we're in Adventureland. But you're like, hey, what about, you know, how do I get to Space Mountain? They'll be like, ah, Space Mountain. You're going to go back out, go past the castle, you're going to go tomorrow. Like, they will answer as you would expect the person to do. Um, Galaxy's Edge and Blacksparer Outposts are unique in that the cast that are there have been told that. That is where they live. That is their home. They live on Batuu. So if you go to Black Spire Outpost and you walk up to, you know, one of the drink cart, and you're like, "Listen, um, we were thinking about riding, you know, the Tower of Terror. Uh, Galaxy's Edge is at Star Wars at Hollywood Studios at uh, in Florida in Orlando. Um, it's in Disneyland out in California. Sorry, got mm, Um, so if you're like, "Hey, listen, we were thinking about riding Tower of Terror." That passenger will be like, the what now? Like, you know, Tower of Terror, it's on the other side of the park. They'll be like, tell me about, I mean, the only towers I know are these spires, and I've never heard terror about this. You know, like, so it, early on, there was some frustration from many people right. because they couldn't get a straight answer. on like, Just answer the we... damn question. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, and, and so <laughs> you're, you're smarter, more well-adapted uh, citizens Found ways to kind of talk around some of those things, you're like, right. somebody be like, "I need He's to go to guest to relations. There. We're not happy about this." And they'd be like, "Guest relations? I don't know what you speak of." <laughs> and they're like, "If I were to put some sort of customer service area, it'd probably be at the entrance and or exit of whatever establishment you were at." You know, like right. it's, there's there's been some frustrations. They're working through a lot of that, but but that's the level of detail that Disney wanted. They went. All in on this. Like, if you live or work in Black Spire Outpost, that's it for you. You don't know about the rest of the things in Disney Hollywood Studios. Um, for better or for worse, that's the direction they have gone. Well,
0: um, and Lou, to your point about um, all the, the Harry Potter um, stuff over at Universal um, right? and talking about the level that they've sent their, uh, their theming to, I remember Aaron and I speaking back in like 2001 about about Disney. And this is before I didn't, I came late to the Disney game. I didn't even go to Disney until I was in college. Um, but I was like, what is the difference between Disney and these other places? And, and Aaron explained to me very cogently. He's like, it's theming. Like it is a theme mm-hmm. park and the detail of theming. You are wherever you are. You're immersed in that thing. And not that Disney necessarily got away from that, but I think you're right. Lou, I think you're right. Is they finally got one up to universal that goes, we're going to yeah. real, we're going to theme the shit out of this. And when you're here, you are legit here. And when you're at Ollivander's, there's no other place. Like this Ollivander knows wands. He's not going to tell yeah. you anything else. He's going to tell you about, you know, the unicorn hair that's in, in the wand. That's all he's going to tell right. you about. So I think Black Spire Outpost has kind of matched that, that same level of, of theming. Um, mm-hmm. When When well, they, is... They, uh, uh, sorry, go
1: ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, they, they kind of, in the 90s, didn't really learn their lesson when they lost uh, Lost. When they sent basically a bunch of Imagineers, really skilled, into the arms of of Universal and got they got Islands of Adventure out of it, which yeah. is aging, but was really innovative for its time. Um, mm-hmm. I think they're only now like it would have been you know mid early mid '90s when I started making some of these changes. Like yeah. only now, almost twenty years later, are they finally starting to recover from that, um, and black like black spire outpost yeah, this is amazing right my biggest fear was that oh we're gonna get Tatooine. um i didn't right. really yeah. want to see Tatooine, but it's like well we'll, well we'll pick some big place we're gonna we're gonna do the republic right it's gonna be the grand republic city we're gonna see the galactic senate no one wants that yeah. um but then i'd like to talk about trade are, delegations it's so bold, right yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah but it's, oh, it's so bold that she was like yeah, there's this place from this book that you know wasn't even one of the best books right um but we can tell all our stories here. It's oh. very free. It's very broad. Mm-hmm. Um, and
3: it's, it's, it's really paid off. Well, yeah. and, and there's a lot with, because, because the city's been there forever, right? Like it's been there for, for hundreds of years. It's very easy to retcon stuff, right? We've already seen, as soon as Blackfire Outpost came out or opened, there were comic books of like, Oh, you know, one time uh Han and Chewbacca came to Batu and they made a deal with this guy and they went and got a baby Sarlacc. And you can see the baby Sarlacc. He's like, like we've retcon stuff. We're on it. It's fast. Like jump D- jump D- Disney knows, but it's been here forever. You should come see the stuff forever. So and I think we're gonna I mean going back a little bit from where I think we're gonna see a lot of that. Like stuff's gonna tie in together way more than it did.
1: Um but, it feels the like it town, has to do in a physical thing, like that, right? Like, yeah, you have to go there, accepting that, um, you know, time and uh, order of operations is going to be a little bit fluid. Correct.
3: Yeah, it, th- things are a little different. Um, it, but the land is is amazing. I mean, it, yes. it, it, it feels like it's been lived in. Um, the marketplace is fantastic. It smells like you would expect an older marketplace, an open air marketplace to be. Um, there's a quote-unquote pet shop and as you wander over there's pages and it smells not real bad like a pet store but it has that faint like uh, pet, pet story stuff and there's right. all these different animals that you can purchase and take home with you and then there are some that are like you know display animatronics behind behind glass that move and snore and you know lick things and um you know there's a toy store and next to the toy store is little land speeders like we would expect to see toy cars for kids you know like i bought my kid a power wheels well on batu you buy your kid a land speeder like that's what so and there's like toys that look like they were hand stitched by these little shop owners or hand carved out of wood um and then there's all these things that as a fan i didn't know i needed but i needed Um, you know like i didn't know i needed chance cubes but apparently, once they were in front of me, I was like, "Well, sure, you gotta have those. They were in the movie. I seen that. That's easy. Gotta have those. Um, yeah, right. Like, I, I need to buy a Sabac deck. That's important. I gotta have one of those. I didn't have the. You know, like, and and you can really, as a fan, I mean, like, tons of stuff has been made for Star Wars fans. I mean, let tons and tons and tons. And yet, somehow, Disney found things that, at least I had never. Done. That doesn't mean they didn't exist, but I, you know. Right. Um, You can get a dajeric table. You can get little figures. You can get carvings. Um, So the the marketplace has tons of little, you know, corners and coves and stuff. Um, My favorite place to visit in the marketplace is uh, where you can get Ronto Wraps at Ronto Roasters. Um, And I would go so far as to say a Ronto Wrap is probably the best. For sure, best quick service food you can get at Hollywood Studios. Um, I would, I might argue that it's the best food you can get at Hollywood Studios. Quick service or table aside, Aranda Rap is amazing.
0: Don't tell the Brown Derby; they're going to get upset.
3: I, you know what, I'm telling you, it, it, it's, it's phenomenal. Ogus um, Cantina, great place. You just head on in, get some drinks. Um, and my buddy DJ Rex, uh, <laughs> you know he's. He's there spinning tunes and every so often has a little bit of a glitch where he thinks he's a star Peter pilot all of a sudden and then he resets himself. Um, <laughs> nice. And the drinks are good. And they're fun, like thematic drinks. Um, they have a, a Gold Squadron lager, which is really good. Um, nice. Molly had a teal wine, which, uh, I mean, like glow-in-the-dark teal. Like, I've never seen a liquid this color that was edible. Like this looks like this looks like antifreeze. You should not drink it.
1: Um <laughs> now I don't know I, um I don't know about the beers at Oga's Cantina. And I'm not sure if this is still true, but for a while I know at least at um over an animal kingdom in um Avatar Land. I don't remember what it's called. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh Pandora. Thank you. Pandora. Yes. Um on Pandora, they have uh they serve beer there as well and for at least for a while i think it might still be true it was produced by terrapin which is an athens georgia company yeah i think um i don't remember i
3: i know someone who knows where the the, the star wars beers come from and i don't remember the name but i feel like they're their local brewery in florida but i may be wrong oh. about
1: that yeah uh, I if, I mean, if it were me, like every location that had a house beer would be from some different brewery, and I'd be yeah. far and wide. Yeah. Uh, but I know for a while in Pandora, uh, they were, uh it was coming from Terrapin. So that's cool. Well, Athens, plug. Yeah, that's yeah. fun. Um, but you know what? Be way I, I I'm I'm excited for the day when Disney says no. You know what? We have all these different microbrews all over the place. We're shipping them from all over the place. It'd be just cheaper if Disney just made its own brewery and wanted to hire this Lou guy to, I don't know, do something. Wouldn't it be
0: a a perfect fit? Not just for you, but, uh, but for Disney Springs to have, uh, their own, like, you know, tap house, their own brew house with their, their local brews.
1: Um, Oh, wouldn't it be cool if you could bring like, uh, all the different beers from the different parks in there. You could put them all all in there. Yeah. yeah, Here's, here's what's on served on Batuu. We got this all the way from Batuu. All the way from Batuu. that's, then you, and you of course have to sell like thematic growlers that mm-hmm. go
3: places oh, course, like popcorn bugs. Yeah. I think yeah, we've half a, written a business plan. There's a market there for
1: sure. Yeah.
0: We, we've half written the business plan already. I'll go ahead <laughs> we, we'll hammer out the rest of the deals and we'll work it. Lou, if you'll work on the capital phases, we'll. Uh... Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. That's the big letters, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's the big one. <laughs> um. So
0: with, with Blackfire Spire Outpost and all that. Um, yeah, back, back to the task at hand. To back, Star Wars. Back, back to the task at hand. Um, I, I guess what I would really like to. to, z- z- I know that there's more on the horizon and beyond the rides and all that they have there. What can you tell us? What do you know about. Um, I'm going to even say the name wrong because of it. Galactic Star Cruiser? Did I get that right? I got that wrong. I got that wrong. <laughs>
3: uh, I mean, it's close enough. I okay. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, so, the so hotel. The Star Wars hotel. Yes. So, for people who don't know, Disney has announced that they are building a Star Wars hotel. Um, It is, as far as I can tell, one of the most ambitious projects I've heard in the hotel industry. Um, So, the the concept, as far as we know at this time, is that um, it will be a giant space cruiser, Um, and it is being sold the same way Disney sells cruise line tickets. Uh, So you cannot decide, listen, it sounds cool to stay in a Star Wars hotel. We're going to, we'll pop in there for one night and then we'll go back over to the Polynesian.
1: Right. If you
3: buy, there is a, I don't know if it's a minimum and maximum. I've only heard one sell so far. And that's a four day, three night resort stay.
1: Right. That's Uh, what I've heard. Yeah, I don't know, rumor at this point, but well, they say yeah. they in 2021 we can come back to that. But that's all well, I yeah. That <laughs>
3: yeah. Um, yeah. So you buy a four day, three night. So it's essentially a cruise. Um, there is a a boarding time like a cruise, and then once you check in, you are placed aboard a transport ship um, that will take you up to the cruiser, which is in space, obviously. You mean it's amongst the stars? Yes, amongst the stars in in the space. A a galactic cruiser
1: can't travel in atmosphere. We know that. No, it's too heavy. Too heavy. Wouldn't work. Uh,
3: The amount of atmosphere here. Yeah, no good. So, (laughs) so, and then when you when you check into your room, there is uh, a tire for you to wear that fits in with being on a galactic space cruiser. Um, so that you fit in with everyone else, who is that there
1: hey, all the um, yeah <laughs> so, and
3: and and there's concept art of this, and the concept art as concept art often does, changes every time it comes up, so, so exactly <laughs> what that stuff looks like, who knows, um, but your room will have a view into the galaxy um so and 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 I keep coming back to this because it's the only thing that makes sense in my brain, and it's the way Disney keeps explaining it is. This is a cruise. You're going on a cruise.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: The cruise just happens to be in space. Um,
1: it also seems like it's kind of like a murder mystery, too, because there's a story that will go through that follows you along. Yes. Yeah.
3: So there, there, and, and Disney talked about this a lot before Galaxy's Edge opened is that choices you make on the attractions in the land will impact the rest of your visit there.
1: Right.
3: Um, and I know that Disneyland tested some of those things but they never fully got off the ground for one reason or another and and i think i i think covid got in the way of a lot of that as well Um, florida as far as i know never even got into a testing phase for that but i think assuming that they're still pushing that concept we will see more of that once this resort opens um because just like on a cruise ship, at some point, there's a port of call. And so we'll stop at the planet Batuu, and you can take a tender, and it will bring you down to the planet's surface, to the Black Spire Outpost. Um, and while you are there, you can make choices. Maybe you decide to pick up a gig with the, the local shipping company that Hondo Anaka runs um, with the Millennium Falcon. Right. Maybe you decide to sneak into uh, a, you know, a first order base and help the rebellion. Do You know, like there's all these options and what you do will impact when you come back to the cruise, the interactions you have with people, people will know, Oh, we heard about some shipping trouble down on the planet. Do you know anything about, you know, like that kind of stuff.
0: So is it like when I have one too many of the alcoholic blue milks and then go, uh, and then I go fly the Millennium Falcon and they're like, you ran over it. you 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 ran over more kids than Anakin.
2: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh the younglings!
3: Think of the younglings. <laughs> so yeah, the, and and you know, as a, as a as a cruise ship does, there are game spaces, there are bars, there is, I can imagine thematic food, um, right. and other people. Chewbacca or other folks we might know will also be on the ship that you can interact with and um, maybe even some spies for the resistance or some first order officers and you can choose to help them or not or I mean having having done multiple Disney cruises and seeing some of the things that they've done on the ship right I can't imagine I mean I can I have like, lots of imagination um, but to take the things that, that Disney did on ships that are now uh, like a decade old, at least, and yeah. take, yeah, and, and then having all of that knowledge and all the stuff that they did, and then upping that technology and making it so it doesn't have to be mobile and work in the middle of an ocean, I have high hope. Um,
1: yeah, and, you know, thinking of Disney cruise ships, we know that uh, on the interior rooms, the interior staterooms, they have virtual portholes yes which i have not seen but my wife has and say they look really good they look um great. and having you know brought um you know brought my kid on disney cruise the level of the level of engagement and integration they have with them through their magic bands and the kids clubs mm-hmm. is really impressive they can locate them anywhere on the ship not just in the kids club but on the ship yep. and the amount of um the amount of understanding they have of their habits and how they can interact with them and make them happy, like all the time. I, th- they're better at making my kid happy than I am. And <laughs> knowing that, like you said, taking what they do in the middle of the ocean yeah, and now bringing it to their data hub. Yeah. Where they have lots more power to throw at it. People, lots more staff to throw at it. Uh, I am. My understanding is that it, it's also going to be kind of similarly priced to what you would expect for a price of a Disney cruise, which is not cheap, but yeah. I am, I, here's, here's my money. <laughs> like take yeah. it. I want it. Well, and, and the other thing that, that, that
3: keeps coming up is it's not a, this is not a big resort. Like it, it is right. not, it is not a Polynesian. It's not a grand Floridian. It's not an all-star. This is a boutique resort um, because it's a niche market, right? Every person who comes to Disney world, is not the Star Wars fan that's going to spend, I don't know, let's throw a round number and say five grand staying at a hotel for three nights. Right. Do those fans exist? Yes. I yes. think you're looking at three of them right now. But <laughs> it, you know, it, it doesn't have to be big. If we can, if it's, I don't know, 50 rooms, can we right. fill 50 rooms year round? Yeah. yeah, we can fill 50 rooms year round with that, with that.
1: It's basically a the way you know I understand it from the rumors is basically it's it's a destination within a destination. This isn't your average Disney trip, and you'll have the ability to go somewhere if you want to. Like you could, in theory, stay there and go to Magic Kingdom, but you're probably not going to. Like maybe what you do is, if you just have all the money in the world, is you do your your cruise. um, You know, it's like a it's like a land and sea. You go to Disney World for a bit, then you go on a Disney cruise. They ship you there on the buses. It's Mm -hmm. all great. Well, it's the same kind of concept where you might do a Disney trip and you might do a Star Wars trip. You might do them together, but these are set, even though they are literally in the same place, they Mm -hmm. are completely separate experiences and separate vacations.
3: Yeah, and I think you're right. I think you're going to see the people who are going, and I I think to some degree Disney is banking on this, that the people who are staying at this resort are the same people who go on a Disney cruise and don't get off in Nassau. Right. Like Um, I didn't get on a cruise to go to the Bahamas. I got on a cruise to go on a cruise. Yeah. I I I I think he's pretty good. Yeah. I think your excursion that you're gonna see is we're gonna spend some time here on the cruise. Oh, is there a a port of call at Batu? We'll take the ship down. I'll spend way more money down there and then we'll come back on up and do it all over. You know, like right. I think that's what you're gonna see. And is it a hard sell for some families? Yes. Sure. I think it will be a hard sell for some families to convince them to take a trip to Disney world and not go to Disney world. I think that's going to be yeah. tough, but I think the resort can handle it. I mean, well, you can tell by
0: uh, how much money that, that the movies bring in those, at least the episodic movies you're talking about in the billions. I mean, you pay George Lucas yeah. 4 point $4. six billion dollars. And I remember right early on, we talked about it on this very program. People were like 4.6 billion. You'll never make that back. And we joked and we were like, it might just be a movie. Like, you make yeah, right. one really good Star Wars movie, and you might make that four point six billion that yeah. you gave George back. Um, but likewise, you know, we were talking about the the cost of of doing this experience, and obviously, you know, we're not talking a lot about what's going on with, with COVID and whatnot. But you know, Disney lost a ton of money per day Woo! that the the parks were were closed. Aaron, do you have any idea? Like like we we saw some numbers. Do you have any numbers on like how much like just Disney World was losing?
3: No, the numbers I saw were pretty much the same numbers that you guys talked about before in in a previous episode, but it I mean but to say money they did lose, the company is still losing money, right? Like let's be honest. All the hotels are not open, all the restaurants are not open, and and there are still tons of people that Disney does hasn't brought back to work. That I mean, the amount of money that the company is still losing today is still way more than they want to be. That is for dang sure.
1: But I know the there ten, was a, yeah, exactly ten Q's are public Sorry. record. Uh, the 10Qs are public record. Like you can yeah. go to SEC.gov and and see for yourself. Um, this is not a case of you know uh, greediness and scrabbling together the profits for some select few. It is. It it's not right. And the, all great. that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But all that said is
0: I know there were a bunch of projects that they were they were doing, you know, like Tron Light Cycle and a bunch of other things that they were yeah, doing. Yeah. And if you're going to hedge your bets on what fan base is going to show up in mass and pay you a lot for, not a little, but a lot for maybe what's available, it's going to be Star Wars people. Because you saw yeah, like all yeah. these projects get put on on hold, but as we talked about right here, is we talked about like how much money would you pay to live in Star Wars for two or three days and we basically mm-hmm. agreed on whatever number they set like yeah like whatever yeah. number they set even you're if it's me? something like ridiculous like uh, you're like hey, it's forty thousand dollars it's like cool that just means it'll be longer until i go right. as so i well, keep we'll every next, single sure. day just being like five dollars in the pig- piggy bank five dollars yeah. the- <laughs> it'll
3: happen right and, and that's you the thing rent and rent i can yeah. you check. <laughs> and, and i think i mean like you were saying ben all of this has happened. And it's very unfortunate for for people all over the world, yeah. businesses and individuals alike. Disney is is losing tons of money. They have lost. They continue to lose, um, and they're looking at ways to save some of that money. Some of those projects are getting put on hold. Some of those projects are being scaled back. What isn't being put on hold is this new hotel. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> and that and tells thinking, you a lot, right there. Yeah, and I think I think a lot of that comes from. And I don't know these numbers, but I think it's very easy to say. Well, let's look at just how much food and beverage and merchandise is sold in Black Spire Outpost. And they look at those numbers and they've said, no, we're going to still build a hotel. That, Mm -hmm. to me, says something good. Um, Oga's Cantina, which is not by any means, I mean, they're Disney drink prices. They're not cheap, but they ain't the most expensive. I mean, you know, you go to Wrigley Field, you're going to buy a $12 beer. It's about the same thing. Um, but this one is themed and it's called something fancy. Um, (laughs) um, and so, uh, but I think like Oga's Cantina, you have to make a reservation for that. And reservations are full all the time to, so people are waiting in line to spend money to buy overpriced drinks, which are good. I don't want to say they're not good. Some of them are weird and I don't need to get again, um, but, you know, you're, you're going to, like, this doesn't happen anymore, right? right. Um, so, and this was, look, social distancing aside, yes, there are way less people in there than there used to be, and Disney's making sure that everyone's safe. But even before this, you had to get a reservation to wait in line right. to go in to buy two drinks. That was it. You were allowed two drinks, and then you had to go. Like, what other bars throwing people out like that? But right he's getting away with it um and and there's always people building 200 hundred dollar lightsabers yeah well that was all I,
0: yeah. if you saw me looking away i was actually pulling up my calculator real quick because i'm trying to figure out i was like let's just do some round numbers and obviously i'm the if, if anybody knows my track record on grand landfill uh i'm not the person <laughs> that really should be round. holding a calculator um yeah, well, and god forbid he if does you think
1: you're usually under
3: though so that just helps <laughs> yeah
0: what's our but, case uh, more
1: According so, to this, the average person spends one billion dollars a day. That seems that seems fair. That seems That's fair. I want
0: I want you both to know how much I hate each of you. Um, <laughs> is a, no, but I'm running some some numbers, and you said what? It's about two hundred dollars for a lightsaber. Uh, yeah. how many people fit in in the room there? Like what? Like 10,
3: 12, oh, Actually, I building. i feel If I had to guess off top of my head, I think it's yeah, I think it's a ten to twelve number.
0: And that lasts. And how long is that experience? Probably like half an hour or something like that. Oh, 20 minutes. Oh my God. Yeah. Not even a half hour.
3: No, we, they're moving people through there, man.
0: So let's say they can run like 40 of those a day. Let's, let's say that you're running something like that. You're making a hundred thousand dollars a day on 96,000. If somebody's actually checking my math, Uh, you're making a hundred thousand dollars a day just on the lightsaber building experience, which again, we had this conversation uh, a few days ago. It's like, I, I don't care how much it costs. I'm going to build my lightsaber. Nobody can yep. take that away from me. There's many like it. This one's mine.
2: Yeah.
3: And then when you leave, in addition to now you have built your lightsaber, we also have, it comes, it has its own little carrying case that they give you. That's a, so with the lightsaber, I'll go through that. With the lightsaber, you get to choose your lightsaber,
2: uh-huh. which
3: style you want to build. They give you a pin that denotes the style you have chosen. Then you get to pick the parts and construct it yourself. With Can that, you, you also the, choose
1: was you that you pick, like pick like the color and the kyber crystal, the parts? Yes. Is that what you're talking about? You pick the kyber crystal and then you pick like which pommel
3: do you want? Which handle do you want? Which emitter right. do you want? So it's one, two, three, four, five parts of the physical lightsaber plus the kyber crystal. Wow. You pick all those things, so you walk out with all of those pieces together and a blade and like a little canvas bag to carry it around in. But they have a nicer bag that you can purchase <laughs> at Gondar's Den of Antiquities and and while you're there, you might as well look at all the other lightsabers. They have the legacy lightsaber, So there you can buy Darth Vader's and Luke's and Ahsoka's and Obi-Wan's and Temple guards and Darth Mauls and Kylo Ren's and Ben Solos and you can buy all of these lightsabers and they range in price from about one hundred and twenty to two hundred dollars. And then there are helmets, both for fighter pilots, stormtroopers, First Order. There are robes, you- there are coats. That's sorry, are- I,
0: I I didn't realize you could get like the fighter
1: pilot stuff like that. Like if for me to oh, get my yeah. own like Poe. Helmet yes. or, or yes. just, oh my god, that would make then, me so... If, if your mind is blown, like you can store all this information in a holocron that you buy. <laughs> you, can. you can purchase a holocron, and you
3: can put your... And if you're not sure, like maybe when you were building your lightsaber, more than one crystal spoke to you, but you finally went with one, but you're not sure. Good news, you can buy more kyber crystals back at, the, at Doc Ondar's, and then you can switch them out whenever you want. So you're like, all, right? all the,
2: yeah. Yeah. I'm I, sucker, I think
1: that's so cool. Like, yeah. yeah. You can, yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, mean, you know, think about it. That becomes the, um, that becomes the, uh, the good housekeeping tip of the year. It's like, we got that old lightsaber hanging on the wall. Jazz it up with a different color. Buy a new crystal. Switch right. out the colors. Do the whole thing. Yeah. It,
3: it, yeah. And, and that store is always busy. Now, admittedly, plenty of people are always there standing just looking. There are lots of guests that are walking in, looking, and being like, hey, can I hold Luke Skywalker's? This is kind of cool. It's pretty heavy. This is nicely done. How much? 200 bucks? No thanks. Bye. Like, that's happening. Fun. But I've seen plenty of people walk in and walk out with more than one lightsaber in a bag.
1: Yeah. Uh, Well, I mean, like, you're not going to get Luke's lightsaber. Obviously, you need Darth Vader's lightsaber to go with it because they had a battle. Like, Of course. (laughs) You have to see them together.
3: Yep. And then there's all sorts of like, I mean, Doc Ondar's is is to me one of the coolest merchandise locations that Disney has on property because there's all of these, there's relief stone carvings that they found in a temple that you can purchase. Hang on your wall in your house. (laughs) Um, Yep. You know, Suitable for framing. Right. Queen Amidala's headdress from this movie. You can buy it here. We found it somewhere. You know, like, and, in addition to the merchandise, it is also super well themed that there's like there's weird, creepy little pets in containers. there's a dianoga in one jar, there's a you know a, a baby starlak in another jar. there's cool stuff, so even if you're not a Star Wars fan, it's cool to walk in and be like, "Man, look at all this junk everywhere, this place is cool like so it, but they're yeah. making things. I mean I tell you they are there's no shortage of nerds who will spend their money
1: so yeah, so I, I mean, I think they hit it out of the park with that. Yeah. So, so we
0: don't want to take up too much of your time, but sure, I'm going sure. to throw out something here, and this is something that uh, uh, Lou and I have not talked about this beforehand, so my apologies for just throwing this out here, but I'm going to throw out just kind of a lightning round to you, Aaron, okay. and uh, so, so no one's prepared for this.
1: See, like- after all, after all the after all the crap you gave us earlier about how we have Trello and we plan everything. <laughs> This is, it. what it's like. this we even is what and like.
0: We even had a call before this. We scheduled a call to be like, let's make sure everything's ready for Aaron. Like we <laughs> want to make sure everything we, we need to make sure to dot our T's and cross our eyes. Right. <laughs> I
1: hope he comes back. I hope he likes us.
0: <laughs> um, so I'm going to throw this. So starting with, with galaxy's edge, this is going to be kind of rapid fire just to kind of wrap right. everything up. Uh, is these are the last that you never want a star Wars fan never wants to hear these questions thrown at them. So I'm going to, but let's start oh, with Gal- galaxy's edge. Favorite thing at, Gal- at Galaxy's Edge?
3: Rise of the Resistance.
0: Ooh. Is it. Oh, no spoilers. Yes. Yeah. No, no spoilers. spoilers.
3: Is it as good as everybody says? Probably better. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. here's the thing. As a Star Wars fan, it, no spoilers. As a Star Wars fan, um, the story fits very nicely between some of the movies and it fills in some gaps for us a little bit, um, nice. which I think if you're paying attention, you catch on the first ride through, you probably won't. Um, from a Disney per ride perspective, it is very well done. Um, it is some of the newest technology that that Disney and Universal and probably other people um, sure. are using in their attractions. They're great audio animatronics. Um, and if you ha- if you can avoid watching the videos and like learning all this stuff, there's some fun just ride surprises that happen throughout the attraction. It's also, A much longer attraction than I expected it to be. Um, Mm -hmm. The the whole experience, and I feel like this is the first time Disney's ever built something that is. This is not rapid fire. This is me going really slow. No, 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 it's okay.
2: (laughs) Um,
3: uh, (laughs) Disney for years has always said, you know, we have attractions. It's a theme thing. You just you're not waiting in line for a ride. There's like a story in the line. I think this is the best time that's ever been executed because you get in a line you wait in a line and then you go into what we would normally consider a pre-show area. And it's like, Oh, okay. They're going to set me up and then we're gonna get on a ride. But it's like, it's like a pre-show that goes into another pre-show that goes into a, a, super cool thematic area that goes into another pre-show that then gets on a ride. Like you just keep doing things over and over and over again. So it, it with no weight, which you'll never get, but right. if you were to able to do it all the way straight through, it's like a twenty-minute experience. Ooh, the sit wow. down and ride it. Like I'm sitting in a vehicle that is moving around. That portion is probably like six or seven minutes. But there's so much setup and so many things that happen before that. Once you hit the first part of that line, is gonna be tedious for people. Sure, um, it, it's it's normal line waiting for the most part. Okay. Disney, the Disney Parks Play app, and while you're in Batu, you can like translate our and scan things and take on jobs. And that keeps you entertained a little bit. Um, but the first part is really just it, it's waiting as theme blind. Um, once you hit that first pre-show though, stuff is cool and it stays cool until you exit that location. Um, it it was very, very well done in my opinion.
0: And I take it, it makes like a top five list for you in, in Disney well, world.
3: Yes. Very, very, uh, Without thinking through it, I'm gonna say that's like a number one spot for me right now.
0: Wow. Um so along those same lines, favorite Star Wars merchandise you personally own?
3: Uh my my custom built lightsaber.
0: Not the, the nice, nice. highly yeah. yep. uh character you most want to have drinks with it most idly.
3: Ooh, you know, I think uh I think Poe would be a really good time to have some drinks oh, with. Nice. I I, I, have, I have a crush on Poe. <laughs> Yeah, He seems like he'd be a good time. He's a good storyteller. I could see him having a couple and, like, you know, getting up being loud and, like, getting into some scruff. I like him.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Um, along those same lines, favorite character in the Star Wars universe?
2: Mm, you know, I'm a sucker for R2-D2.
3: I don't feel like he gets enough credit. Uh, he does a lot. Sometimes more than I think he should be able
2: to do, but... Sure. I'm a sucker too.
0: Gotcha. For everything light, there is a dark. So, who's your least favorite Star Wars character in the universe?
2: You know, Jar Jar Binks feels like he's too easy to pick on. Uh, you know, I, I didn't really care for Finn. Really?
3: Um, really? I, I feel like he had a, he had a decent setup, um, and I don't I don't I don't blame him for this. I think, right. like we talked about, I think it was a lack of, of oversight. I feel like he he never really amounted to anything of consequence at all. Um, yeah,
0: and I don't blame yeah. him. I don't blame uh I don't uh, obviously I can't blame Finn because he's a, f- a fictional character. I don't right. j- blame uh, John Boyega for that and he expressed oh, right. uh frustration with the whole thing anyway. He's like the first movie the advertising was all me holding a lightsaber and yeah, then they, they were drop- leading and they were leading towards him being force sensitive uh and, and kind of the whole the idea of a story arc of a stormtrooper becoming a Jedi is just so incredible and they just never, they, it sounded like they wanted to do it and they just never latched onto it and just never yeah. saw it through.
1: Uh, yeah, I like think the opposite of R2-D2, right? Like R2-D2 yeah. maybe carries more water than he should and has more capabilities. Then all of a sudden you've got this really awesome setup in seven and like now he's just basically an ancillary character that gets, yeah. I really feel like, the name line, which is kind of a bummer. I feel like the the best thing that could have happened with him, assuming
3: we don't fully rewrite all of the movies, is that somewhere at the beginning of 8, there would have been a line to explain him away. I feel like he was a solid character through 7. I would have liked something in 8 where he's like, listen, this has been great, and blah, 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 and I'm going to be a pilot. Good luck, everybody. And he takes off, and we don't see him again. I think that he would just have been... He's
1: got a poochie. He's got yeah. a poochie. I'm going yeah. into my own planet. Poochie's uh, ship exploded on the way to his planet. Oh, Yay! bummer. Yeah, yeah. like, that, that just feels like... I, yeah well, yeah,
2: yeah it's, would, it's, it's well, no
1: one's fault he just I, I you know what? S- spin him off, and then let's do a two-season TV series. I'm in for that. around him. yeah, we can do that.: oh, yeah.
0: yeah, absolutely. Uh, while we're on the subject of least favorites, let's move it to the the big side, is we all like Star Wars uh, in our own way, uh, if you have to pick, pick a least favorite, what's your least favorite Star
2: Wars movie? Probably episode two. I I feel like look episode one, and you guys have
3: talked about this when you talk about machete order, nothing of consequence happens in episode one. Um but episode two, I feel like from a from a story, it it's just hard to get through, man. Like
2: yeah, the song.
3: dialogue isn't great, the acting is mediocre, it it and I just I, I don't feel that love story. I know they want me to, but it feels so forced, And I feel yeah. like I'm a creeper the whole time. Like, I don't want to. So our- yeah, it
0: is We're creepy. <laughs> so, yeah. So our friend that that is going through and watching them for the first time, I said, she's, she's not a kid. She's in her thirties and she's going through watching them for the first time. And she was very vocal about, she's like, Anakin and Padme cannot get together. Do not. And she's a big, she's a big like romantic movie watcher. And she's like, she's like, I've seen thousands of romantic movies. You cannot have those two get together. there's no, there's no chemistry. She mm. like, he was a child yeah. and she was, I know like technically, I guess is what 14 to nine is what the age difference yeah. is supposed to be. in in episode one, um, but just like nobody was on board with that. And she wasn't on yeah. board with that. So it's fun to see somebody on the outside kind of echo that same sentiment of like, nah dog, these cannot get together.
3: Yeah, I mean and and you know, as a fan and of all the movies, there's decent parts of two, yeah. like I don't want to cut it all the way out, but I mean Padme's, whole, Padme's
0: midriff drift is I mean come on the, the
3: at was, the end was amazing she's got she's got some solid outfit choices through that film, but yeah, like in general, I'm just like, oh, I don't need to see this one again on the big screen I agree. Just,
0: and seeing that <laughs> main Jedi in one place is is really cool, but it, the yeah. coolness of that does not outweigh the fact that Ewan McGregor, and I love Ewan McGregor. I'll watch you and McGregor do anything. Like, I've got a poster yeah. of, of Moulin Rouge in the, in the pod pad right here. Um, <laughs> but, like, uh, him just walking around a rainy factory is just, oh, my God. Like, it's
3: so great. boring. There's, there's great plot points. There's some very important things that take place in that film. I don't know how that film has so much importance and is still so bad. Like, it's just
2: like, yeah. right? <laughs>
0: All right. Last question it is either the easiest or the hardest of all of them. Okay, Aaron Joyner. What is your favorite Star Wars movie and why?
3: Empire Strikes Back. I'm I'm a I'm a sucker for a movie uh, that doesn't quite go the way you expect it to
2: go, which I yeah. think
3: is is really why I am so fond of eight. I think it, it threw a lot of expectations out the window. Some might argue too many expectations, um, but I love that movie because I think it. it it's one of the first films that can, it can stand on its own. You can watch that movie by itself and walk away and have seen a whole story, but still have that nagging feeling of like, yeah, but but what happened? Like, but I like, (laughs) it's so good. Like it, it ends and the bad guys are winning at the end of this movie, right? Like the empire has done all of the right things. And where are our heroes? Well, one's missing and, this guy is super terrible, and this you're know, like, oh, this is really bad. Bummer for these guys. Um, I just like the way that movie is so hopeful through the whole thing, and at the end, it just ends on a downbeat. It's like we can do it. We blew up the Death Star. We can do anything. Oh, but now our friends are gone, and my hand is gone, and those ships blew up, and we don't have a home, and my dad okay. is okay. Yeah, like it's it's. So much bad happens in it, but it, at the same time that movie doesn't. It's not a heavy movie, right? Like, like so many bad points, but you finish that movie still feeling good overall about the direction things are going. You're like, yeah. okay, this is this is a this is like a bad Monday. Is they got a case of the Mondays, and they're gonna come through. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna get there. Like you still feel good at the end, and I feel like that's that's just good storytelling all the way through. That. Even with everything that's happened to these guys, you're like, no, nah, I'm, I'm sticking with you guys. I'm with you. I'm, I'm all the way through this.
1: Yeah, yeah. it's, it's, um, it's a, it's a bit of a, it's, it's a, I think, a case of the Mondays is a great way to put that, right? Because you know, Luke falls down uh, a big pit, but this is where we learn. You know what? Pits aren't that big a deal to Jedi. <laughs> that <bigger> a <laughs> deal through okay. the other <laughs> side. Yeah. Well,
0: and, what if you're cut in half? You know, Give them mechanical legs. Uh, that's
1: okay. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I lost my hand, but I got a new one, and it basically works exactly the same. And there's there's a there's a path forward. This is a it was kind of um, it was a tit for tat exchange. We took out the Death Star. We stopped their ability to destroy planets. And really, and you know, comparatively, okay, they scattered the Rebel forces to the winds and you know, cut off Luke's hand. But you know, comparatively, yeah, they still stopped them from destroying planets. Right, like, right. You're still kind of ahead, really, even though it didn't go the way you wanted to. It did end on a downer and. It was a slog, you know it was a bummer for everybody involved they for you never really felt that tension of challenges because they just kept winning in I, four, just, which is fine. It was great. you build that momentum, but now they, for the first time they're feeling challenges and they're getting you know set back a bit, right. um, but they're still trying so i I think that's important
3: to a to any good character arc is that it, it's good to see look they can do stuff, but you have to see them get deflated a little bit yeah you you have to know it ain't all roses and sunshine like just because you're the good guy doesn't mean everything works out for you bad stuff happens you'll lose friends along the way you'll lose appendages you know like stuff goes wrong and you have to figure out how to come through all of that in addition to the big bad at the end
1: it's not all blue milk and power converters that's correct (laughs)
0: <laughs> right, well, I've got to head out to Tatashi to Station, so we should probably... Uh... <laughs> Perfect.
1: Perfect. Yeah, well, thank you so much for joining, Aaron. We really appreciate your uh, insight oh, into this. We Happy hope you come back someday and we haven't scared you off, especially yeah. with that <laughs> sudden drop of <laughs> difficult questions. <laughs> they were real hard.
3: I'm going to have to go oh, and suck some green milk right from the teat to get over oh, it. No. Oh, no.
0: Did you have to put that, that image back
1: in my mind? Oh, I've yeah, been purging it for it. years. Yeah, make sure you like jump across with your spear first before you spear the fish Then jump back instead of just spearing it from where you are. But do that without the force
0: because you've separated yourself from the force, but you're still a gymnast. I I don't need that. I just remember.
1: I remember how it was. (laughs) Exactly. All right. And speaking of remembering, I remember that this has been General Geekery specifically. It's a podcast. I've been Ben.
3: I've been Lou. I'm still Aaron.
1: Awesome. Uh, thank you all for joining uh, and uh, hope you had fun and uh, we'll see you next week. We'll bring back Grand Landfill and do some other stuff. Sounds great. See you guys. Bye everybody. Love
0: Bye. You. This has been a broken toys studio production. Yeah. Starkard. So Star Yay. We did a podcast. All right, everybody go away. Ooh. All right. <laughs> uh, I want to make, make mention of this is because Lou, you and Charlotte are both really good at like telling stories and keeping it concise and being like, here's the story and here's what what I was going to tell. First time I've
1: ever heard of
2: myself as concise, but yeah. (laughs) Sorry, you're not concise. No, that's the exact word. Uh,